Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Harry Wakes right to the last. And welcome to Last Word on Spurs. We hope you're keeping safe and well. We're back for our weekly shows now here. We're bringing you and we're discussing a bit more of Tottenham Hotspur's new manager, Nuno Espirito Santo, in depth on this Last Word Spurs. And I'm pleased to be joined by a whole host of a studied panel on this one. Pleased to have back with me. I've got Anthony Costa, Lee McQueen, Chris Cowling, and also joining us from the One Room Wolf podcast. Delighted to have Mark Rhodes on the show, making his debut for this one. So pleased to have him here. A pleasure. Don't, nice to be here. Listen, it, we've got a number of... We spoke to Anthony Costa, of course. I think it was Wednesday evening when the in, initial news broke about our new manager, Nuno Espirito Santo. We've got to get our thoughts, obviously, Chris Cowley, Lee McQueen, also Mark's view on it from a Wolves perspective. So we're going to jump straight into it. I'm going to come to you, Lee, to start the show because it was interesting, wasn't it? After 72 days, Spurs' abrupt search for a manager finally came to an end. In Nuno Espirito Santo, a man who said from the beginning, my promise to you is we're going to make you proud. And it had those echo of words from one of your favourite ever managers at Tottenham in Maurizio Pochettino when he arrived seven summers ago. But it's fair to say that mood is very different to the one in which Maurizio arrived in. So thoughtsly on this appointment, because I know when we were speaking off air quite a number of weeks ago, you wasn't too keen. Thoughts now? Yeah, I'm warming it up. I'm warming it up. Look, he's our manager now, so I'm going to back him all day long, like like I do. Like I said before, I backed Christian Gross uh, <laughs> back in the 90s. So, you know what I mean? If you're doing that, you're doing anything. Um, no, look, I, I think that I think it's like a little bit like anything. It's sometimes us football fans, 
other football supporters can can act a little bit sometimes like spoiled sport kids. Um, and we don't want this one and we don't want that one and this one's not good enough and so on and so forth. And and actually, um, you know, Nuno's record is 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 very good, right? You know, he's uh, he, he's got a good record. He's got a good record as a coach. Um, he hasn't won hundreds and hundreds of trophies, but look at the last bloke where that got us. You know what I mean, we sacked him six days before cup final. So don't think that matters too much. Um, so look, I'm warming to the idea. Um, what I would say is that I think the biggest concern if that's the right word to use or the apprehension I suppose of Nuno's appointment is the style of football um, and I think that there's a lot of fans that I talk to a lot of listeners obviously of this fantastic pod people DMing me and talking to us lot talking on the WhatsApp group whatever um, that that we're worried about the style of play because I'm not sure that we can all stomach another another 18 months two years or whatever of what we've just had to go through under Jose um, and and again, it's the same situation, isn't it? If you're winning, it doesn't matter. But we didn't win, <laughs> and and it did matter. So I think that's my biggest concern. That said, when you rip out your star striker, and and look, obviously we've got Mark on the pod as well to, to, today to give a Wolves perspective as well, which is fantastic. But when you when you take out your star striker, and he is a star, I think he's an absolute brilliant striker in Jimenez. Uh, then you sell Jota. Um, as well, which is another star. Um, and then you have another I- injury to Neto, um, I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong as well. You know, that's like taking out Harry Kane, Hunman Son, and, you know, probably Hoiberg out of our team in terms of the stars. And that's going to be very difficult. So he had to adapt, he had to change. Um, and that's maybe why last season wasn't as good as, as, as uh, previous seasons. But when you look at an aspiration to finish seventh, which is where Wolves finished, no disrespect to him like previous two seasons, for Wolves as a team coming up, that was fantastic for them. But for Tottenham, it ain't good enough. And that's, I think, there's a bit of apprehension around there. But um, I like what he said. I'm warming to the bloke. I like his interviews. Hopefully, it wasn't too scripted, Tottenham, eh, for you know telling him what to say. Um, but, uh, you know, if it's, he, he seems like a genuine guy and good luck to him. Chris, got to come round to you. Oh, <laughs> Why I'm laughing is the man that was in charge of the party bus turned into a circus over the course of 72 days. So, Chris, for you, a man that, you know, we want those trophies. Do you believe Nuno Espirito Santo is the man to bring them to Tottenham? Genuinely, heart in your heart of hearts? Well, he's only got a two-year contract, Rick. Um, But was I excited when this appointment uh, was announced? No. Was I disappointed? No. Um, But I do think it is a good, decent, uh, solid and safe appointment for us. Now, he's, he's signed on a two-year deal. It'd be interesting to see how these two years pan out. Chris, I'm ask you, your, your word safe there, can you define what you mean by a safe appointment? Um, it's not ben Davies, mate, six out of ten. That's what it is. That's what, that's what safe is, Rick. Perhaps, perhaps that's what it is, Lee. Perhaps that's what it is. Um, we know what he can do. He's got good Premier League experience. Um, when we were linked to some of the managers that we were linked to, you know, getting hugely excited about uh, appointments, I think... You know, when we spoke midweek, Rick, on the phone, we said about if this sort of been like a year or two ago, I think a lot of Tottenham fans would have been very, very excited, Agreed. particularly yeah. with the work that Nuno has done. Um, but when we've waited 72 days and we've gone through all of the manager list that we did, um, have many Spurs fans, if any, you know, have we found this appointment excited? I don't, I don't think a lot of people have. Although we're all going to now get behind him. We're all going to now back the team. Um, but Nuno is a very young manager still. He's only 47. Um, he's still very hungry. He's got a, a fantastic attitude and he's very likeable. He's a very, very likeable guy. And he reminds me of uh, Pochettino in a lot of ways, you know, so hopefully he can bring success to us. 
Um, as I say, he's only got a two-year contract, so it would be very interesting to see how this transition and progression within the, the club happens under him. And it will be very interesting to see as well what control and what decision uh, you know, making he will have within the club as well, with, with uh, Fabio Paratici and Daniel Levy apparently being in charge of the transfer. So it'll be very interesting to see how that works out. Um, but it's all about the backing. You know, I'm not really concerned about Nuno being our manager. I'm concerned about how much Nuno is going to be backed this summer because, let's face it, you know, the friendly is less than a couple of weeks away against Leighton Orient. That's the first friendly. I know a lot of the international players involved in Copa America and Euro 2020 are not going to be involved in these early friendlies. But we do have a game on the 15th of August against the Premier League champions, Manchester City. That's not for very far away at all. You know, this is a huge time of transition for us this summer and so much work needs to be done and it needs to be done as soon as possible we need to sell a number of players we need to bring a number of players in um one thing on Nuno though that I really do like um you know I saw a stat the other day 14 senior debuts to players mm -hmm. under 22 years old during his time at Wolves yep. you know so he does like to bring young players for it it'd be very interesting to get Mark's views later on um, and as Lee said about the style of football, it'd be interesting to see what style of football that he's going to play because we all know what style we want as fans. We all know what style we saw under Jose Mourinho. And like you said at the very start, Rick, we all want the trophies. Um, you know, it's a, but it's a massive, massive summer. Um, will Nuno bring the trophies? We hope so. Um, but, you know, a, 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 a very, very big six weeks or so ahead, you know, when we start that Premier League season on the 15th of August, uh, you know, we're hoping that a number of Tottenham Hotspur players have gone out the door and a number of new players have come in. Quick fire question, because I've got for you on this. Um, Steve at SteveSpur84 says, two-year deal seems brief for a project, or is a project now in the hands of Paratici? And can the coach be fluid? Potch would never return under this structure. Just your thoughts, Chris, on it only being a two-year contract. We understand there's an option of a third year, should he be successful in, obviously, that first couple of seasons. Well, I do find the two-year a little bit odd. Um, however... You know, he's been caught out with, uh, you know, with Pochettino and Mourinho paying him off contracts, long-term contracts before. Uh, with this two-year contract, I just think that these two years are going to be the time of transition for Spurs. It's going to take him two years, you know, to get a number of players out the door and get new players to come in. So, as I say, it's going to be very, very interesting. But we don't seem to do a lot of business in the January transfer windows. That's why I'm saying that, that this next six weeks in this summer transfer window is huge for the club. And let's come around to you. We spoke, of course, on the eve, or should I say, on the on the day of the appointment of Nuno Espirito Santo. I think at the time, me and you were just relieved to finally have a manager on board after 72 days. Naming a bit of time out to kind of go away, do some research on the guy, dissect it. Are you more excited or are you more apprehensive about the appointment? Yeah, I mean, listen, I'm I'm, I'm very apprehensive. I'm sort of in in the camp. I'm, I'm sort of in Lee's camp at the moment. I think. I've, I've dissected it. He wasn't my first or second choice. And this is no disrespect to, to, to Nuno himself. I thought he did, he did a great job at Wolves. And obviously injuries came uh, thick and fast for him last season. Obviously selling Yotta as well. That wasn't ideal. But I did like the way when they used to come and play us, they used to destroy us. Um, I think I have to add time to dissect it. And listen, he's a ship steadier. He's going to steady the ship for two years. As Chris says, Get, get some of the outs out and get some of the ins in and make it work straight away and let's kick on. The, the, the good thing about it is, though, is that he has got premiership experience. So that's one thing I, I'm, I'm quite happy <clears> about <throat> rather than, you know, getting a Fonseca who was very, you know, literally about to sign 
and it all falling apart, which is maybe a blessing. And obviously getting Nuno in seems like a lovely bloke. So, yeah, bring it on. Mark, let's come round to you. I think we've all been dying to get a Wolves view on this because, you know, for a case of a Spurs fan, we've waited 72 days. So I think now we're at a point where, because we were so exhausted by the process, I think we were all just at a point that, come on, let's just get a manager in. We've got yeah. a summer to contend with. We've got to move players on. We've got to bring players in. We're in the process of a rebuild anyway. And we're trying to do that without a manager in place. It just seems all absolutely crazy. We've also had a managing director coming as well. So from your perspective on Nuno, the first question I want to ask you mm. is what I saw on social media is towards the end of Nuno's tenure, there was a lot of Wolves fans that were kind of at a point where they were happy to maybe see a potential departure and open to a fresh philosophy. So from your perspective, were you happy by Nuno's departure as a Wolves fan? I was definitely in the camp of Nuno in. Um, but now that he's gone uh, and taking your points and listening to all your points. I agree with all of them. I, I really do think actually a two-year contract for Nuno is a good thing because it's like he's working towards in those two years to be successful and then have a long-term contract. I hate I hate it when managers have four or five-year contracts because they almost never work. So I believe that he needs to prove himself in those two years at a massive club like Spurs. And Nuno, he's a great guy. He's very likeable. I think you'll you'll fall in love with him very, very quickly, uh, as we did at Wolves. He, he overachieved at Wolves for two seasons. We should not have been seventh. There's just no, there's no way. Um, and the the issue was the type of football. I know you're not going to like this, but it needs to be said. We need to he, hear it. it, it he's, he's pragmatic, very, very pragmatic. But he will get a couple of the players that he, a lot of the Spurs t- um, fans don't rate, like Matt Doherty and Sessegnon. I think he's going to get those players to another level because he got out of Matt Doherty some unbelievable performances. Uh, but I, <laughs> I know you're laughing, but it's, <laughs> I know. I, You've seen him this Wolves, season, though. No, I know, season. I know. I mean, he's absolute Mark, honestly, dross, he was, he was dross, woeful. dross. I, I know, but, but in the system that Nuno's going to set up at Spurs, you will get uh, a much better player in Matt Doherty. Do you, you reckon really, he'll play through really well. it at the back then at Tottenham? Because like, obviously last year he had to adjust or whatever, but most of the time he did play through it at the back. So do you think that's where he's going, he's going at Spurs? I think he's going to go shopping at Wolves and I think Connor Cody's going to come to Spurs. That's where I think it's going to happen. I think Cody will come. Um, I think that Harry Kane is going and that's one of the reasons why you couldn't get a manager in. Because Lev- Hold on, Mike, you're taking my script away now. Sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> well, this is from a Wolves point of view. This is why you've got Nuno and Conte walked away. Because basically, Conte said... I want Kane to stay. And Levy said, well, not if 100 million plus comes on the table. And that's why you're going to come after Raul Jimenez. What, for... I, must say on this, what I must say on this part of the moment is, from what we understand, that as, as of this moment, every manager that Spurs have engaged with, and it sounds like a lot, but there actually hasn't been that many managers that Spurs have engaged with, they've all been given the assurance that Harry Kane will be a Tottenham player. Now, of course, I think this all depends on whether Man City come along with that magic, whatever figure that is, 130, 140. It's going to have to be that, isn't it, really? It's going to have to be that. Especially now, you look at his performance at the Euros, and I know he started very sunny, but Kane's quality would always be telling, as we know. But Mark, what I do want to ask you is there has been several, several 
interpretations that a lot of the, the style of the play with Nuno is linked to Jose Mourinho. And I think one of the things that has been coming back as Spurs as we've been hearing is that all Nuno is, he's a Jose Mourinho style of manager, but without the trophies. So can you enlighten us on that? You've already said for us that it's a pragmatic style of play. So can you give us any confidence that from a footballing perspective, when you played us on a numerous occasions, I thought you played some really good stuff. I thought I was yeah. really impressed by Nuno. So I can't believe it's all been you know, those kind of performances over the course of what the last three to four seasons. Yeah, that's a fair comment. I, I think I think um, with Nuno, we were a more of a counter-attacking team. Um, we we didn't like to concede a lot. Um, he gives youth a chance, um, you know, bringing through Neto, for example, who nobody had ever heard of. Um, uh, at Wolves, like we want, like the Dortmund model. Like I think that's going forward. That's the dream. Like you know, bring them in, usually Portuguese, and then sell them off for a profit. Um, and I think that's what's going to happen going forward with the club. But for 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 Nuno, I, I think he he likes to counterattack fast. Um, he doesn't necessarily mind the other team having the ball. So I don't think you're going to see. Uh, a possession type Spurs. Um, I don't know. That's what you're you're used to. I think, but you're gonna see you're gonna see attacking threat uh, when when you get the ball. That's it. Like they're so so quick, and you'll 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 get in players that are gonna suit the system. Um, Nuno, I, like I feel as though I'm putting him down. Like I love the guy. I, like I didn't want him to leave, but the problem was is that. He came thirteenth, and our owners, as as much as we we think it's you know by mutual consent, thirteenth wasn't good enough for Wolves. Which for me, I actually take heart from that, saying like we want to be a top half Premier League team. But with your squad and the players that he's going to bring in, I think he's going to be a really safe pair of hands for the transitional period of the two years. And if he does do a good job, then he deserves another year, but he's got to work for it. He's not like Jose Mourinho, who has been to the top and was coming down. Nuno needs to prove himself. He's a young manager. Um, and I don't think he's Jose Mourinho light. I, I think I think he'll bring a certain type of player to the club, a young type of player. And I think I think it's exciting for Spurs. I think it's actually all the cards have fallen right for you. I think you'll definitely be top six. Marky, um, sorry, question. Listen, yeah? what's his in-game management like? Because obviously I didn't I didn't watch Wolves week in week out like yeah. I did with Spurs. What's his in-game management like? If if you're one nil down, does he change it or does he wait till like the 80th minute and then start bringing on subs to try and nick a draw or try and nick a win? It depends what he's got on the bench, really. And we talked about it earlier about the the players that we had missing from uh, like our squad is wafer thin, and that's what you will get with Nuno. He will have a very very small squad, and I think that came back to bite us last season uh, because we were very lucky with injuries in the first two seasons he was there. Um, but he does like a small squad, so you'll be seeing a lot of outgoings from Spurs. But the, the in-game management um, side of it, I did feel as though he had, he was very, he was quite rigid in his structure. So plan B, 
I, I don't know, but it's different with a wafer thin squad. Yeah, it's and it's going to be different with better players at Spurs. So he's going to have more options. So it it's a tricky one that. But I, I think if he's got if he's got options, he's a he's a, he's a good manager. He, he, he's, there's no question about it. He's a great manager and he's got something to prove. And I think Spurs are a great fit for him. Yeah, Mark. Can, Mark, can I can I ask? Um, yeah, mate. Were you surprised and disappointed that Nuno actually stayed in England and gone to Spurs because it was widely reported that he actually wanted to go home uh, to his native country, to his family? Um, I, I was a little bit disappointed by that, but I'm not going to come in here and say, and, and begrudge him a move to Spurs. Like, I, I, you know, it, that is a step up on the ladder. Like, And I wouldn't have begrudged him a move to Everton because in my opinion, that is a step up. I would have begrudged him a move to Crystal Palace because that would have been a sideways move. Like I, I get, I get the fact that he said he was homesick and you know, all, all this stuff. I just don't think he got on well with the owners. And I think that's going to be an issue going forward because of Levy and the control aspect of it. Uh, and I think Daniel Levy is not the type of person to be told what to do. Uh, but Nuno, it, he's at that stage in his development that he should be told what to do. Like, and I think that that's the thing. He, he's trying to prove a point here, Nuno, that he's, he's at the right club at the right time, but he will do as he's told. And that I think will uh, stand him in good stead. I think what we have to remember is obviously he's coming knowingly that it's going to be a director of football structure. We are going to come on to that later in the show. Lee, I want to come over to you because, um, I mean, I'm going to pick up on some points Mark made there. You know, Nuno did come to tire with a comparison of Jose Mourinho, but you can hardly escape that now. The cruelest critics will maybe say that Spurs have opted for an inferior version. Some of the stats from last season do kind of bring to mind the worst uh, caricatures of Mourinho. You look at it, you know, some metrics suggest that no team pressed less than Wolves. Only Newcastle turned the ball over high up on the pitch fewer times. You know, what's your thoughts on that, Lee, from a pragmatic style of play? Because you said there that for you, that's one of the key issues for you when it comes to this appointment. However good he comes across to you know us as fans in terms of the way he speaks, is the element of the style of play going to be the be-all and end-all to you? Yeah, because it's a transitional. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, look, I mean, I, I'm, I'm loving having Mark on the pod tonight, but, you know, he basically just told us that he's another Jose Mourinho about saying it was. I mean, the way he described it, the way he described it, <laughs> he don't really have the ball. He don't really press that much. He's a counter-attacker. That's exactly what we was like under Jose. So I'm worried now. <laughs> Mark, sorry. I'm, I'm so sorry. No, I'm, I'm joking <laughs> a bit. Look, I mean, yeah, it is Rick, though, because, look, the reality is if... It, if the shackles were off, it was the talent that we've got on the side. When you look at, and look, I actually think, I'm going to caveat what I'm about to say, but I actually think that some of the stuff that Jose did with some of them individual players, like the likes of Ndombele, for example, will help him, will help his career. I, I generally think that. I, I think it will. But but with the shackles off, with a manager with the shackles completely off, some of the players, like like Mark's just touched upon in our squad, are ridiculous. You know, if you get if you get a tune out of the Celso for longer than 60 odd minutes, um, and an Ndombele or whatever, they can be very, very good. A lot of it, Steven Bergwijn, for example, went backwards under Mourinho. You know, we want him going forwards on the front foot, he went backwards. And he's still a fantastic talent, right? So so I think that we've got some really talented footballers going forward, like Sergio Regulon could be fantastic for us going forward without the um, you know, without the shackles. I think the problem is is that our defense is so has been has been poor. 
Um, and that's where I, I would like to see Nuno come in and do something. But you can't have it both ways, can you? You can't sit there and say, I want it to be completely defensive, but play football. But hang on a minute, hang on. Oh no, didn't we beat Ukraine last night uh, 4-0 yeah. by doing exactly that? We haven't even conceded a goal. And yet again, Gareth uh, Southgate was getting criticised on his very pod as well. You know, the arrogance of a, a lot of us, including myself, saying, I don't want Gareth Southgate as our manager. Yeah, he's just taken into three semifinals. In, in, you know what I mean? It's like, you know, and I, and I just think that that's where I'm, I'm calming down a little bit on my kind of my self-arrogance, my spoiltness, if you like, to say, look, Nuno is a good guy. Is he going to stay, uh, stabilise the train, stabilise the ship, as it were, and, 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 and give us a platform to build on? And... And actually, if you think about it, Southampton were good. And Pochettino had done some good stuff with Southampton. But Poch didn't win anything. He hadn't won anything. He hadn't won anything until he went to PSG. And we, we, you know, he come on board um, and we accepted him and look what happened. So who, who knows? That might happen again with Nuno or a similar story. But the style of football with Poch, we were bought into so quickly because it was that high pressing double training sessions, you're going to be fit, 95th minute is happening, and we're still running around, you know? Uh, but God bless Ericsson, and obviously he's back in, uh, back, back in public now. But this guy used to run more than anyone else on the pitch every single game, you know, f- uh, you know from, from them high-intensity training sessions that Poch and his coaching staff did. So I want to see our players fitter. I want to see our players willing to run and do them, them you know, the, the basics, the hard work, the basic stuff. Do you know what I mean? I think that's what we've been missing. And hopefully Nuno will let us do that and uh, uh, enable the players to get Lee. back to that, that level. But I still want to see attacking football, right? Lee. Yeah, mate. It, do you reckon he's going to get a tune out of Ndombele and Lo Celso? Uh, they're big price tag players. Yeah, now, they're not going anywhere. They're if Mark, going if anywhere. Mark wants to jump in, please do, Mark. He, he, but, he will. He will. How, how do you see Ndombele and Lo Celso change it all of a sudden because there's a new manager. If they, if they don't get a tune out of him this season, then no manager will get a tune out of him. No, I'm I just think, giving you because there are two most expensive yeah, players think, that we've that we've signed. Well Indombele is, is our record signing, right? So he's a club yeah. record signing. And I, and I think that and that that's where it's interesting Mark to get your view on it because seeing how we how Nuno's work with them with them players. If he's such a nice guy, if he's if he's one of these guys like a potch that that builds the culture and the values around the people, which is which is exactly what we've just been missing. We've been missing for the last kind of two years, because last six months, even eight months, since the Champions League final, let's be brutally honest about it, Chris yeah. Callan, you called it on the Love Sport show as well. We're in a massive transitional period after then. You know, June the 1st, 2019, it all changed. It, 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 it was the end of a cycle. It was an end of a, where we were. And we needed to change that cycle, and we didn't. And we still got players in the squad that, that, that shouldn't actually be in there. And, and so when, when, we, when we signed Ndombele, it was like, wow, this guy is amazing. And he's got unbelievable talent. How is Nuno going to get the best out of him? Maybe by putting an arm around him. Maybe by bringing him in that kind of, that value piece. I value you're the man. Like stroke his ego, whatever it might be, and get the best out of him that way. Man management, I think, might be better. Mark, what, what do you think? I really think that is one of his biggest strengths and his his best attribute, really, uh, is man management. If you look at somebody like an uh, Adama Traore, who, you know, let's be honest, he, he, he like tonked at Barcelona. He didn't do well at Middlesbrough. He didn't do well at Villa. Came to Wolves. Nuno made him the best possible player he could be. And that's what Nuno does. He does put an arm around players and he has made very average players, Matt Doherty, turn into 
a consistent seven, eight out of 10. And that's what Nuno does. He, he gets the best out of average players, which he did at Wolves. So if he does that at Wolves, if he has a, a Dembele and, and he puts his arm around him, then God knows what he could do with that squad. That's what worries me a little bit. I mean, it's a positive. So that, I don't want to go too negative here because I, you know, I've, I've lost my Mr. Positivity. I used to be like the most positive bloke in the world. Um, but what worries me a little bit, what worries me a little bit with, with that statement, Mark, about Nuno and getting the best out of players is that we're going to have another go with Eric Dyer. We're going to have another <laughs> go with Ben Davis. We're going to have another go with Sanchez. Do you know what I mean? We're going to have another, you know, and this is, the, this is the thing, like Levy, uh, Mr. Levy, sorry, and, and, and the club, they need to understand that we we don't we ain't got another go in Eric Dyer, right? The, the, the way to have a go with Eric Dyer is you know move him on and right. and go and go for him let for his career as well. I mean, it's so sad to see Danny Rose like the way it ended with Danny Rose. He was an outstanding left back for Tottenham Hotspur, and he's just like dwindling away. You know, the fact of the matter is, I know we're going to come on to Toby in a bit, but there's a list of players like Chris. You said at the top of the show that we have to move on. And that has been the problem at Tottenham Hotspur. And, and, and yeah. now I'm worried that Nuno's a fresh face, speaks Portuguese, obviously, um, obligado, like to D- <laughs> uh, Eric Dyer. And the next thing you know, he's, he's having another chance. And you're thinking, Jesus, man. You know, the, thing is, though, the thing is, though, Lee, there's too many players that Tottenham fans want to get rid of this summer. And it's never going to happen in a million years. Yeah. So You're not going to get rid of 10 or 11 every, players, are you, Chris? Realistically, you're not going to get rid of that many. Every single, every single player is going to have a fresh start. When a new manager comes in, um, you know, it's like a fresh start for all of them. They've all got to perform. And basically, you know, these professional footballers are, are playing for the future of their careers. They want to be at Spurs. You know, some of them do anyway. Well, that's my worries- point is, sorry, Chris, just on that. My point is, yeah, it might be 10 or 11 p- uh, uh, players that fans want to get rid of, but but I want to get the people out that don't want to be at the football club. Right. And that, that does not, and I'm caveating that with Kane because he is the Royal of Overs, he's King Kane, he is the football club. And, 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 and I think deep down he does want to be at Tottenham. But but obviously he wants the trophy bit and all that sort of stuff. So my caveat but, is Kane. But anyone else like like Toby's, like you know Serge Aurier's, like like all these other players that are like flying about going, oh, I don't really want to be here anymore. Well, off you trot then, yeah. because you know not being funny. I don't we'll take a few off your hands. We'll take we'll take a few off your hands. Perfect. I don't Everyone except for Eric Dyer. We ain't taking <laughs> oh, him. Exactly. I don't want Nuno to be squeezing <laughs> another tune out of one of these players that want to sit on a four-year contract. He just won't because, get yeah. because we can't move him on. But yeah. Chris, can I ask you on that point? Chris, I want to ask you just on that point. Lee mentions there. My worry is, Chris, that the powers that be turn around and say to him, no, you've got to get a tune out of these players. How much yep. power and influence, Chris, does he have as the head coach mm-hmm. to the players if he wants to work with them or not? This is the key, isn't it? What do you think? I don't I don't think he's going to have a lot of power at all. I, I think that, I know Anthony's going to absolutely cringe here, but I think the likes of Harry Winks, Ben Davis, Eric Dyer, I think that they will be given chances under Nuno. I, I do genuinely believe that. Um, <laughs> When Lee talks about players that want out the door, I prefer players to actually come out publicly and say, I want to leave. Like Moussa Sissoko has, like Toby Adeverald has, and like Serge Aurier has. If you don't want to be at the club and you don't want to progress with the club, then please go out the door and let, let Paratici and Daniel Levy bring in new players. But Chris, what, does, what, your same, does your same stance apply to Harry Kane then if you're putting Adeverald in that? Because Adeverald hasn't gone publicly again. It's just reports. The same with Kane. It's from multiple sources that Kane wants to leave. Is your, is your stance the same with Harry Kane as well? Harry Kane has not come out and said the words, I want to leave Tottenham Hotspur Football Club, has he? But nor is out of our world. But there's, there's, strong, um, there's strong reports stating that he wants to leave. 
But isn't there been strong reports over Harry Kane as well? Yeah, but to be fair to Chris, he didn't say that. He didn't say move on Alderweireld. Uh, what he said, look, I agree. I'm one hundred percent with Chris Carroll. Yeah, I hundred percent agree. With no, I think that Toby is our best defender at the club currently. Um, I'm just I wondering. I'm just. Yeah, I'm but worries, I'm, I'm there, just but wondering. Yeah, I'm looking at the likes of you know Gareth Bowers now headed out the door. Carlos Vinicius headed out the door. You know, some people could say that Carlos Vinicius weren't good enough at Spurs anyway. But these are still players I'd in our him. squad that that, <laughs> that, that that we need. You know, we don't have a backup striker. We're in this situation again, and yeah. we're six weeks away until the new I Premier mean, League season it's starts. Ridiculous. That, it's ridiculous. It's that, ridiculous. That, that's why I can't stress enough how how you know what a rebuild this is within six weeks, and that's why I'm saying. With Nuno being in, in, in charge for two years, having a two-year contract, I just think that both summers are absolutely huge for the club. We don't seem to do a lot of business in the January tra- transfer window. Um, Steve Hitchens kept his job. He hates the January transfer window. It's probably unlikely that we're going to do business in the January transfer window. So, But Chris, uh, Chris, these players, as Lee, as Lee said, they can't get given another chance, mate. They can't. You they know cannot. Gonna... I know, you know I know that, Chris. But... They're not good enough now. Move them on. Move them on now. They are not good enough. And if if Nuno starts giving players another chance here and there, blah blah blah, I think I think he he might be gone by Christmas. Can I can I, can I just put in one well, second Mark. with Nuno? He likes a small squad. If he's going to get rid now, but he's going to get rid of Deadwood. He, he, like as as much as like he will give players a chance, he won't give them that much of a chance if he doesn't see a spark there. They're out the door. He he has a nucleus of players that he likes to work with, and they're they're small. It's a small squad. He that because he likes harmony within the dressing room, and he the doesn't. Thing, he doesn't the like thing is, on. We, we we need that to happen now. We need it to happen this summer. Yeah. So when we're starting the season, we've got a very very strong squad because, yeah. like Lee said, um, you know, when you've got all of these players, um, you know, be, giving them a chance. We don't, we we don't want some of these players to be given a chance at the start yeah. of the season. We all need to have, it all needs to happen now. And I just think there is so much to do in this six weeks. You know, it's very unlikely that you know all of us, all of us Spurs fans are, are hoping and praying that certain players go out the door, and you know we're signing world superstars in the summer. It's unrealistic, though, isn't it? Yeah, I'm not sure about world superstars. Sorry, Rick. I'm not sure about world superstars. To, to to be honest, I just think that it needs freshening up. You know, when you're talking about a rebuild, a rebuild is exactly that. You're rebuilding, right? You're rebuilding with some of the old bricks that you had in your house before, and you're going to bring in some new ones as well. And maybe you're going to bring in some second-hand ones or whatever it might be. You don't have to go and buy a brand new off the top shelf or whatever. The point I'm making is that. You know, it is a rebuild. It is it is somebody else's vision. It is somebody else's team. So Nuno's got to bring his own team in, um, in, in to assemble his own team. I think it's really interesting because you've got the likes of Sessegnon coming back after a year away. You've got the likes of Skip, who's just an outstanding season in the championship on loan with Norwich. You know, you could have a look at a skip and you can go winks, wink, skip, Sissoko, like, you know, these people have been around, but they've done their jobs and they've done very good jobs. And thank you very much for that. I'm talking about a Sissoko. I'm talking about Davison Sanchez. I'm talking about an Eric Dyer. But it's time to move on. You know, it's the same as Toby. I absolutely love Toby. Like Chris, I, feel, I still think he's our best defender at the football club. And I, and, I, and, I, and I love him. I think he's been amazing. The defensive record with him and Yam when they first come in, etc. Brilliant. But if he wants to go, if it's a big if, right? If he wants to go, I'm not fighting for him because 
He's only got two years left or 18 months left on his uh, on a contract that he only just recently signed. He wants to move and go to somewhere else. That's fair, that's fair enough. He's at a different level of his uh, of his career than a Harry Kane. Harry Kane's got four years left on a bumper contract, which I still think's got an option in there as well at some point. And he is the man. He is the poster boy, as you say, Rick. He is the main man of our football club. And 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 I tell you, by the end of the uh, the Euros, he'd be the main man at the Euros as well, right? Don't don't even worry about that. That is a completely different scenario. So there's some for, for sometimes you make. Um, allowances and you make different decisions now if toby wants to go the, the you have to take it's not just every player one rule is for the same because toby's at a different situation in his contract in his career and where he is at you know we've got a joe rodham if we bring in a connor cody i don't know if you we're looking at uh, these centre backs uh at anderson this is a completely different team at the back can not even in the same radar right it's a completely different story they- what if what if what if these players do want to go right? So Toby comes out tomorrow. I want to leave Tottenham. Uh Davis, I want to leave Tottenham. Say three or four players want to leave Tottenham. Beautiful. And it takes them five, five and a half weeks for them to get rid of. And we haven't got a replacement. This is what I'm scared of. The the people above do not do work straight away. We all know that. You know, even Mark said it. He's gonna to have to work with Mr. Levy. It's 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 a well-known fact. My point is is that. Get rid of the players now that, don't, as you said, Lee, do not want to be there so we can start this transitional rebuild. I think what is key, boys, just to kind of finish up on this topic, we're going for a break, is that obviously the Paratici and Nuno Espirito Santos relationship has got to be there to work. And, you know, and we've got to say, this is Paratici's man. So it's Paratici's man. There's got to be a belief that those two are going to work together in tandem for both signings and outgoings. And I say we'll be talking about that as we come towards the end of the show. But we're going to go for a very quick break. After the break, I just want to discuss how Nuno is coping under pressure, developing young players and the George Mendes angle. So don't go anywhere. We are back after this very, very short break. Phoenix 51 is a powerful employee technology enabling organisations to make data-driven decisions at every stage of the employee journey from hiring through benchmarking and development too. The platform provides detailed analytics on the most important asset in your business, your people enabling organizations not only to make the correct hiring decisions but also how to benchmark train and retain them phoenix 51 powering your people decisions through every part of the employee journey hello and welcome back to the second part of the last word on first providing you an in-depth analysis of tottenham hotspur's new manager Nuno Espirito Santo. Next, we want to discuss how Nuno is with coping under pressure. We'll come to you, Mark, because you are the man that gives us the background on Nuno on this subject, being obviously a Wolves supporter. Because in truth, Nuno's first three seasons at Wolves saw only, I think, two pressure points. And you correct me if I'm wrong here. The first was the FA Cup semi-final against Watford in 2019, where Wolves were expected to win only to blow a two-goal lead in extra time. The second, of course, was the Europa League quarter-final with Seville last year, where Nuno set his team up so defensively that they only had two shots and 25% possession. Some would say that Wolves wilted under pressure following football restart in the last year too. So ultimately, with those two points that I've given you, yeah. how do you feel Nuno is in terms of coping under pressure? Because one thing at Tottenham is the pressure with Spurs fans from the very first day, I may add. But that's that's the difference here. Uh, with Wolves, he was under pressure, don't get me wrong, but we ha- hadn't been to an FA Cup semi-final for 
well, I can't even remember. I'm very young, so I don't I don't remember. Uh, <laughs> that's a lie, by the way. Uh, but uh, I, I was so disappointed with how we set up against Sevilla, uh, Sevilla because we'd got to that situation where we had um, a penalty that Jimenez missed uh, to go one nil up. And we were so defensive. It was so boring to watch. I should be watching a Europa League quarterfinal against like a massive, massive team and just loving it. But I wasn't because of how defensive we were. And he's going to come under much more pressure uh, as Spurs boss. But I also think he's he's got better players. So I, I, it's difficult to judge, but he's done really, really well in all the time that he's been with Wolves, other than half of one season that was down to us having horrendous injuries. So I, I, I don't think you've got anything to worry about, lads. If I'm being if I'm being perfectly honest, like he's probably been our best manager for the last forty years. Um, so that's that's all I can say, you know. And it's not a massive bar that we've set, <laughs> granted, but I I really do believe that he will do a great job for you. And under pressure, I think he's his own man. So he better than Mick McCarthy, Mark. Oh, I don't know about that, mate. <laughs> it, depends. It, it depends. It depends on a type of football he definitely is. Um, <laughs> but Mick McCarthy d- did with Wolves with a budget of a fraction that Nuno had. So I, I, I don't know. I, st- I love Mick McCarthy, but yeah, he ain't on the same level as Nuno, I think. <laughs> Chris, let me come round to you because like we've just said there, I mean, any manager for Spurs coming in is going to have to cope with massive, massive expectation for you. It's always been about the domestic trophies, always been about progressing as far as we can, putting out our best consistent side in these trophies to reach a final and then go on to win them. When I, like I say, bring you that information there, as you know, Mark already knew that from a Wolves perspective, get to an FA Cup semi-final against a team they expected to beat, bottle it, only to blow a two-goal lead in extra time. Then they set up in a quarter-final of the Europa League with 25% possession, only two shots on target. How much does that concern you? Or do you think, listen, different players at Spurs, different expectation, probably different coaching staff to some degree, because we know he's having to maybe have a reduction of what he'd be used to working with in terms of a coaching staff. Only half of them are coming with him to Tottenham. What's your thoughts, Chris, about that? Are you concerned? I am a little bit, Rick. Uh, I must I must admit, at the start of the show, I said that I wasn't excited when Nuno was appointed. And probably the reason why I'm not excited is because... You know, what is the expectation of Nuno next season at Tottenham Hotspur Football Club? I think the expectation from the board would be to finish in the top four. You know, forget all of the forget all of the uh, the trophies. I think that the trophy is going to be in hold, actually, for the next season or two. And I just think that they... Uh, it's that ain't all changed about- anything then, has it? To be fair. No. They've, been, they've been an old for 30 years. <laughs> well, exactly. I, do, I just think, though, it's about um, progression. Um, I really do. I think it's about progression in this next season or two. And it is about getting Tottenham back to where we need to be. And that is Champions League football. Because let's face it, you know, we all know where we were two years ago. The fans don't want to be there. The ball don't want to be there. Anyone associated with a club don't want to be where we are at the moment. We're just about to enter a new competition, the Europa Conference League, and not play Europa League or Champions League football. So it's about getting back into that Champions League spot and finishing fourth. But this is a transition. You know, what are we all expecting Nuno to deliver 
next season. Are we expecting a trophy? I'm certainly not. I know, I know, you know, you lot are sick of me keep saying about the trophies and, uh, you know, the, the lack of trophies that Spurs have won. You know, of course, our last trophy in 2008. But it's funny, I've written down four words here and it, and it, and it, and, uh, it actually says pods. The P is for progression. The O is a mission, which, you know, what, what player is going to be left out and leaving. D is the direction. You know, I want to see us going in the, the right direction now. And the S is for signings. You know, what players are we going to be bringing in? And those are four key things for me, you know, for next season and, and particularly under the management now of Nuno Espirito Santo. Out of interest, Chris, I just want to ask you, we're bringing the coaching staff element to it now because what we understand is Eddie King is returning to a club ambassador role. We understand Ryan Mason is also going back to the development side of things. I mean, Nuno has got some of the staff he wanted to work with. We had that confirmed over the weekend. Is that an apprehensive concern that he might not have all the coaching staff he wants to work with? We understand that's one of the reasons why it maybe didn't materialise with the jobs at Everton and Crystal Palace because there was a demand to have, you know, a rich entourage with him. How important is that for a man to have his own coaching staff there from the very beginning? Because to me, that's absolutely key that, you know, you have that utility behind you of the men you've been working with that are there they're your eyes they're your ears they're your nose they're the brains of you know what you yeah. come together to provide hopefully success to a football club are you concerned that from the beginning there might be limitations on Nuno already well it surprised me on how little staff that he's actually brought to Spurs but we did hear all the reports uh you know when when Spurs were supposedly bringing in Antonio Conte there was a problem with you know, the amount of staff members coming to the club. But Nuno having his own team, I think, is very important. I was very surprised that uh, Ryan Mason or Ledley King are not going to be directly involved in the first team setup, particularly uh, what Ryan Mason did at the back end of last season. And I'm very surprised that Ledley King isn't involved because it's like a Premier League thing. You know, lots of Premier League teams, when a new manager comes in, I know uh, Nuno's managing the Premier League before, but when a new manager comes in, they like to always keep one member of staff, like a current member of staff within the coaching staff. So that does surprise me. And let's come around to you and ask you that, you know, we know the news over the weekend that we confirmed the appointments of Ian Cafro, Rui Barbosa and Antonio Diaz to head coach Nuno Spurso's coaching staff. Ian joins as the assistant head coach, previously having worked with Nuno's backroom team at Wolves, Rio Ave and Valencia. He also held a similar role at Newcastle and spent time at the head coach of Heart of Midolfo, uh, <laughs> Heart of Midlothian. That's a that's a that's God. That is a uh, that's a mouthful. Uh, Rui takes up the goalkeeping coach position. Joe, I feel sorry for Hugo. My God, he's gone through so many goalkeeping coaches since he's been here. But the poor bloke, you know, he can't say he's had a lack of experience in terms of goalkeeping coaches. My God. And for you, any concern about the coaching staff element for Nuno's no, role here? Not really, Rick. I mean, he obviously trusts these lads that are coming with him. I can't sit here and analyse what they've done. I don't know much about them. You know, I'm just here to talk. We're talking about Nuno. And if he trusts his coaching staff, then so be it. But like what Chris was saying, I want to come on to that. I think for me, a successful season in inverted commas would be a top six, uh, top six season. Anything else is a bonus lads. And I think we need to, you know, bless Chris, put the trophies on hold for a, for a year, uh, even though we've waited 30. So, um, Anything else is a bonus. I mean, let's just try and get this season on a, onto a good run. Start strong if we can. I think it's a good time to play City when we do because they're not going to be in full force yet. So, yeah, just get that game out of the way and then just crack on. Lee, let's come around to you. One of the aspects of Nuno coming seems to be a lot of this George Mendes angle to the club and what we're going to be seeing now. Um, you know, Wolves had a director of football in Nuno's first three seasons, but it was clear that 
the head coach and George Mendes, who is Nuno's agent and friend, were pulling the strings on transfers. Um, Mendes is also a confidant of Wolves' owner Fosen, which Mark can tell us probably more about. And there were no arguments when Nuno and his agent's recommendations landed in each transfer window. Having said that, Nuno also enjoyed a really good relationship with Kevin Thurwell, the Wolves sporting director, when he arrived at Molyneux. And also, also receptive to ideas of Scott Stellars, who was the academy boss, who then since became technical director. It seems that Nuno's already, Lee, um, very much well known to this role of the director of football. Obviously, Jules Mendes is key here as well. Do you see this being a revolution and seeing a lot of Jules Mendes players coming to Tottenham over the course of the next couple of seasons? Well, look, I mean, Mark, Mark's not uh, shaking yeah. on his head here, <laughs> clearly, because we're on yeah. Zoom doing this, uh, as you know, last word on Spurs listeners. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I mean, I agree. I think I think there will be. I just just before I get into the Mendes thing, I know that I, I know that I, I need to make a point here because you know a lot of the listeners and a lot of the people that have kind of uh, listened to me with the whole crazy train piece and all that sort of stuff over the last kind of couple of years for sure um, uh, know me as a positive person. And uh, over the last probably over the last kind of six months or so, it's very difficult to be positive. But what I would say is this, right? I did a study um, out of the blue book. So I've got the, I'm dusting it off and getting it back out for the new season. I did a study in the blue book last year um, on the 10 year average um, of points that you need to uh, where you're finishing the Premier League table. So 10 year average, this is, this is not like, you know, like last year or the year before, this is 10 years, 63 points gets you sixth, 68 points gets you fifth and 72 points gets you top four, right? Guaranteed. If you get 72 points, you're pretty much guaranteed to get in the top four, right? Guaranteed. Just for a point of reference, last year, Chelsea got 67 points and got in the top four. Um, Manchester United, by the way, got 74 points. They finished second, right? So just stay with me for a second. We got 62 points, right? And we all know where the mistakes were. We all know where, regardless of the bad football and where the Jose was and where it was Davison falling on his head against City and all that jazz, the reality was we were freeing it up against West Ham. We drew 3-3. Three, three. We, we had the points in the bag against Newcastle, battered them, and we only and we end up drawing 1-1. Uh, we was up at their place and drew 2-2. Two, two. If you had them points up, that's top four. Just in them three games. Now, I know it's all ifs, buts, maybes, coulda, woulda, shouldas. But the point I'm making is that this massive rebuild that needs to happen, George Mendes is going to send all his players in and all that. And it does need to happen. Comes back to the point. I want to see young, hungry talent playing for my football club, ready to prove a point. Mark, you mentioned earlier, Nuno needs to prove a point. I, Toby don't need to prove no points. Sergio Aurier don't need to prove no points. I want players in the, in the football club that want to prove points that are on their up, upward trajectory, the skips, the, you know, sorry, Ant, but the winkses as well. He needs, he does need to prove a point. Now, whatever. I don't want to see a 31-year-old, 31-year-old, 32-year-old. It's in the football club that don't need to prove a point. They're, they're on a the downward spiral. Does that make sense? And I actually think if we cut out them late goals by getting fitter and getting more... Um, uh, hungry for, 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 for wanting to win the games, the likes of Kane and Son and these quite uh, Hoiberg that are really, really hungry for it. I actually think next season could actually be really good. I actually think, I'm not saying that we're going to go and win the league, but I think that, you know, dampening down our expectations is probably not a bad thing for Tottenham because ultimately we're expecting to finish sixth and you never know. We might go and get a, go and get a top four. But the, 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 the world with fans back, the world of football with fans back is a massive difference. We are seeing this, you know, against Germany the other night, 
with England, fans being back in the stadium makes a huge difference. You know, we've got an unbelievable stadium that we've been missing as well. It could make a huge difference for us. So I just want to make that point. And on George Mendes, he, he, he is going to influx the players that he can. There's absolutely no doubt about that. You know, he, he owns... He doesn't own, but he's he's uh, he's got um, Paratici, he's got Nuno. You know, they're all part of uh, um, uh, Jorge Mendes. L- let's hope instead of him, you know, giving us Jedson Fernandez or whatever it might be, let's hope he, he. Why not go and get Ronaldo? I think he's one of Mendes's, right? Why can't we get Ronaldo in the side? So well, look, I mean, all, all jokes aside, I do expect. And Mark, you already said this. I do expect us to raid Wolves. And you know, Connor Cody has already been mentioned. I've done a poll on 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 social media couple of days ago saying you may as well start voting for these players who you want to see in the football club because they're bound to be linked oh and guess what two days later Connor Cody's linked it might be wider than Mark but they're going to be linked Neto's going to be linked Jimenez is going to be linked so I, I, it wouldn't stay away me. it wouldn't surprise <laughs> me though but Jimenez as well is also a, a Mendes client is he not so you know the reality of the situation is that I do think that we're going to get some of them in. And Mendes will have a massive say, Rick, in what happens because Mendes has already got two of his boys in there and Paratici and Nuno. So why wouldn't you start using that? And, and actually, is it a bad thing? Guys, listeners, is it a bad thing? I mean, if they upgrade on our first 11, let's, let's do it. That's key, isn't it? Like you say there. Let's see if they upgrade on the first 11 and we can go from there. Mark, um, I think one of the most apparent things is with this link with George Mendes is that he does like players. I'm talking to Nuno here that are tactically switched on and rarely signs players who play off the cuff. Although he, obviously both Traore and Yota could be placed into his bracket, he likes his attackers to be fast. He likes a striker with physical presence. And he gives me, from my understanding, he likes, he knows what he wants, doesn't he? This is the key. He knows the kind of players that he needs to sign. Uh, you've you've just basically said you've you've um, said Adama Traore in that's one sentence. I I think that Adama Traore would be an amazing signing for Spurs. I think he would fit into that team under Nuno's style. He would get the best out of him. Um, I think he's wanting a move. I think uh, if you gave us 25, 30 million, I think we'd probably sell as well because we need to balance the books as well. Um, I think Traore, Cody, and thank God Neto's injured because you'd probably get him as well. Um, so I think I think out how the good players, is Neto, Mark? Just just quickly Neto, on Neto. Is how good is Neto? Unbelievable! One of the best young players I've ever seen at Wolves. Um, he's better than Jota. That's that's the only com- comparison there I can give. Like the reason the reason why we let Jota go for he wasn't getting in the Wolves team. Like this this is the thing with Nuno. Like Jota was fantastic, but he he was a sporadic player. He had like f- three, four games really. He was playing at out of this world. Then he'd go off the boil for eight games. So he likes who he likes. Ped, uh, Neto is uh, he's he's going to be like a fifty million pound player coming back for us. Um, but I don't think we're going to keep hold of him for that long. And Ruben Neves is another one that you you could easily get into that Spurs team. Um, I think he's 
he's a lot better than what he's uh, the season that we've just had because well, he's like basically propping propping us up because our midfield was just like dead. Well, that's what that's why it's quite interesting going back to your point and earlier about uh, uh, Ndombele and Lacelso because you know they are top top signings for us and, and big money signings for us. But you know the players that we're talking about there, they know Nuno. Nuno knows them. They're both all, all managed by uh, Mendes as well. They're probably all yeah. part of his his agency. And and actually, does Nuno go? Do you know what? Rather than trying to get a tune again out of Ndombele, why don't we cash in on him for 50 million quid or whatever it is for uh, for Real Madrid and we're going buying, I don't know, Ruben Neves or, you know, Annette, you know whoever. And I'm yeah. going to play it all in the same positions. I think but, it's all about premiership experience, Lee, for yeah, us yeah, this yeah, season. True. Do you know what I mean? We could get these amazing players from Sporting Lisbon's, Real Madrid's, Barca's, Bayern Munich's. For me, it's all about kicking on straight away. And, and, and you know, Present company included, Mark. If if we did, if Spurs were to go and get some players from Wolves, yeah, they know they know what it's all about. They know what they're coming into. Yeah, do, yeah do, absolutely. Do you know what I'm saying, I, I can't know the be manager. Asked with, I know the manager. Would I know the manager. I can't be asked with waiting a year. Oh, he has to get fit, or he has to do this. And this, we saw it the other day. Um, Lascelso lasted seventy minutes. When's this geezer got to get fit, man? Come on, it's not you know, good that, enough. That, that's the only worry about Fabio Paratici coming in. Although um, Fabrizio Romano said like, Paratici is like a new signing, he's going to do wonderful things at Spurs. Will he go to Serie A? Will he go to other leagues? Because I'm completely with Anthony on this. Premier League proven, particularly where we are and having this rebuild. You know, if we want players that we can trust and you know get behind, I think that we need Premier League proven players. So it'd be very, as I keep saying, it's going to be such an interesting summer uh, before the season starts. But I just I mean, think Con- that we're, Connor we're Cody, cool. Chris, just quickly, Connor yeah. Cody improves our first eleven, don't he? If, if you play, if you play, if you play, if you play three at the back, Connor Cody coming in, knowing the Premier League, been absolutely outstanding. You know, we've got Mark on here as well, back up. I, I think he, he, he improves so, our first eleven. I and think he you, knows Nuno as well. He knows Nuno. Nuno knows him inside out. He's his captain. He's his leader. Like I, I think, I think he'd probably make Connor Cody the, the captain as well. But it's like he, he's that. But I'm, I'm not that a lot. I think Connor Cody, he's he's gotten an average, like centre midfielder in a, a championship centre midfielder into a sweeper. Like he plays as a sweeper, and I, I think he would, um, he would strengthen that eleven. And if you want, if if you want to shore up the defence, then good God, like I, I wouldn't want you to take Connor Cody off us, but. Uh, it's probably his last big move. So, God, not fair play to him if he, if he did. Can, can I just put this out there as well? Uh, sorry, Rick, I could just put this out there. Um, obviously, all of us Spurs fans know that we need a right-back to sign this summer. With the likes of uh, Matt Doherty now in the squad, um, under Nuno Espirito Santo, do you think now that the board will say, actually, Doherty's played so well under Nuno, we don't need to sign a right-back anymore. He's going to get the, uh, the best tune out of him. But Oria, we know he's going to be going, don't we, Chris? We know Oria wants to go. He's made it public he wants to go. But it's the it's the quality, it's the type of players that we're going to be bringing in. Are we going to be bringing in players that are going to go straight into the first team? Are we going to be building to the future? How much money is in this so-called pot for transfer budget? Um, you know, from what we understand, you know, we have to self-fund our transfers. So we have to sell players first before we bring players in. So as I say, very interesting summer ahead. Yeah. Yeah. 
I totally agree. Mark, just to kind of finish with you, just on Nuno, because you want to kind of, I say, have as much as you can with your interaction on Nuno. I think what we have to say is that a staggering 17 players came and went in his first summer. Once the dust and the debris was cleared, Wolves fan had a team that was the honour of the club's glorious past. He made some massive renovation work there at the very, very start. And I want to say that he inspired the likes of Ruben Neves. He wrapped up the title with two games to go in the Championship where they're the league's top scorers and minister defence leading Villa in fourth, Leeds in 13th in their slipstream. stream. We make the point, you know, he's had two consecutive seventh-place finishes and the fans worshipped him at that point, absolutely worshipped Nuno. And then you could say the cracks began to appear. But you made a very good point, Mark, earlier that, you know, he's squad, they really suffered a burnout and had only just 30 days to recover from a marathon 59-game season, which lasted more than a calendar year. Then you add on top of that, they lost Jimenez, and at that point, I think you guys were 6th in November, yeah. four points off the lead when a sickening skull fracture did the damage. And at that point, you look at it where you were famed for this 3-4-3 system. Nuno was forced to stray from his best laid plans, introducing a more 4-2-3-1 system, which brought him just one win in 11 games, including that Derby defeat by West Brom. At that point for you, Mark, was there Wolves fans already turning or was it a case in which there were fans still behind him at that point? It was definitely a 50-50 split. There was definitely, you go on social media uh, and it was, if you did any poll, it was always like 52-48 for him to stay. Like, I, I think the problem was that obviously we had some horrendous injuries. Um but we didn't have the backup players to to fulfil his plan A. And I think that's the issue here. He didn't have the personnel to yep. do the system justice. So he had to go to a system that he wasn't famed for. Yep. Um, it, it, he had no plan B because he didn't have the personnel. He's got that at Spurs. And I think he'll have, he'll have the tools to provide like stability as you all want. But I also think the length of contract is a real plus in this situation. I think he's going to really try. He ain't just coming there for a paycheck. He's a manager that's got something to prove. He's gone from Wolves, who are a mid-table Premier League club, and he's come to a massive club like Spurs. So I, I think Nuno will he'll do you proud. And, you know, as much as I'm begrudged him to, to go... Like this is the journey that he's on, and and good luck to him. You know, fair play to him. Like he's, I, I only wish him well. I really do. Yeah. Marky, sorry, Rick. Marky, can I ask you a question, mate? Did you course, have? Mate. Have you got mates that obviously were Wolves fans that were are glad that were glad to see him go? Yes, yes, and the, and that yeah. uh, we talk about cycles, and we talk about you know the ending of a, an era, so to speak. Like especially nowadays, if if success is not instantaneous, you, fans are going to turn. And the problem is we had the success so early, it was it was given to us in his first couple of years. We won the championship. We got European football in our first season back. We got another seventh place finish. And the aspirations changed. If we would have struggled and got 14th, 15th, and then got seventh place, we would have built a statue outside the, the uh, Molyneux. Do you know what I mean? So, like, it, it's all about aspirations and in what order they come. And, and that's the problem with supporters nowadays instantaneous success. And that's why I think this contract length at Spurs is the correct decision because he'll earn it, he'll earn that third year. And I think, he, and that's what you want. 
Oh, thanks, absolutely great. Thank you so much. I mean, we have to also emphasise he lost the likes of Johnny Otto, Daniel Podence, Pedro Neto, Brazilian Marcal, all throughout. And we mentioned Jimenez on top of that. You know, the likes of Yota, Doherty. You know, he had a mass, really a mass exodus of players there to have to deal with. And it was tough. And I've got to say, at a time when his Legion of Portuguese stars couldn't travel home to visit loved ones, founding man Nuno suffered the pain of COVID separation more than most. However, there is hope that this new Spurs project will revitalise him after spending the summer back with his family. Uh, we're going to go for our final break of the show. When we return, we're going to take a few of your quick-fire listener questions and also very much cover Toby Alvarez's future and Harry Kane. So not go anywhere. We're back after our final break of the show. To make the fans proud, this is our DNA. You can only think one way, make them enjoy. Our philosophy is not only about me, it's about staff, the coaching staff. You, me, everybody around here. The same idea. Let's let's give the best of each one of us. Simple as that. Us, the players, the best of each one of us. Every moment, so we'll be stronger. If we genuinely give the best of you, the environment will be good. To achieve this spirit of unit, that we have to be really strong together. First, let's prepare ourselves. To compete is... It's not the only on Sunday, Saturday, it's every day, every day we have to compete, every day, every training session, every action of our game, we have to win it. So if we win each and every action, eventually we win the game. So let's go action by action. The moment that the precision starts, um, Monday we have tests, Tuesday and Wednesday we are on the training ground. Mainly of our squad will be here. We have important players in, in the national teams that we will receive uh, gradually, we have a squad with quality, talented players. Tottenham Football Club has a good academy, so we can bring them up. If they have the talent that I know they have, I've been told that we are young and talented players in our academy. But we go step by step. We have to provide them the, the right environment for them to, to develop. If they are needed, we will count on them and we will support them all the way. It's no matter which age the player is, young, old experience no experience at all it doesn't matter uh, the player is a in our mind is we put them in the middle of us and we see what we can do to make them better how can we improve them how can we find the better solution for them to make their job easier how can we make them perform better if we achieve that our team will improve our club will improve what this pandemic, I think, has, has teach everybody, everywhere, everywhere in the world, is that we have to enjoy. Let's work with a smile on our faces, with the same purpose, uh, with intensity. Spurs fans, I'm so happy to be here. And my promise to you, we're going to make you proud. We're going to make them proud. We're going to work so hard. Hello and welcome back to the third and final part of the last word on Spurs. There you go, Nuno covered. We're here just to take some fire questions of yours and also very quickly wrap up the latest Spurs news. Um, news has broken this week of Toby Alvarez's future. Lee, let's come round to you because Toby Alvarez, a player that's been with us for many, many years, fondly thought of by the Spurs fans, only I would say recently over the last year or two, actually signed that new deal after years of speculation as to whether he would. Um, appears that he would like to depart the club. However, we understand a move won't be easy. Quick thoughts on that for you, Toby. Right time to go? 
I think it's the right time. I think, you know, if he wants to go, the big if, it, like if he comes out and says, I want to go, and that's only reports, but if he wants to go and he feels like his, uh, his uh, future is elsewhere, then I think he needs to go. Look, I just want to say, make it clear to all the listeners as well. I love him. I love Toby. I think he's been absolutely outstanding for us. I think he's, uh, if not the best defender in, that we've still got in the football club. But the reality of the situation is that if he wants to go, I can't keep talking about it. We did a love sports show two years ago, Rick. All of us were on it. And and, and we we come up with a six contract rebels. Right? It was contract rebels back then. And they're still talking about them. I mean, it's mental. Aurier and, and Toby were two of the original contract rebels that we had in, in, in that point. And this is where I think Ant mentioned it and Chris both said it tonight. It is mega, mega important that we start the season off with players that want to be at the football club, barring Harry Kane, regardless, because as Chris said earlier, he hasn't come out and said he wants to leave. Like there's been a big links and this that, and that. We'd like to play with Kevin De Bruyne. That means uh, maybe we're going for Kevin De Bruyne. Maybe Jorg Mendes uh, is uh, Kevin De Bruyne's agent. Who knows? But the point being is that you know I think with a Toby, I think that he's on a different path. He's in a different um, uh, part of his career. Uh, you know, this is a last uh, opportunity for him to go somewhere else. He's only on two years left, is he? When he signed that extension, so he's done yep, a year, he's yep. only got two years left. We're not going to get massive amounts of money for him anyway. So to have somebody uh, buy him out of his contract or, you know, uh, you know, probably get, a, uh, I don't know, maybe 25 million. Look, you've got to remember, he had a 25 million release clause, didn't he? And no one came in for him. And I just find that uh, staggering at that point. So... I think for him, and I don't want these players to leave because I've got nothing against them. I don't want to. I think Sissoko, he, I think he's been good for Tottenham, right? You know, this geezer played in the Champions League final. We sung his name. He got play, he got player of the year. You know, people forget that very, very quickly. You know, at, at, at the end of the day, when he first came to Tottenham, he wasn't very good. And then and then he and then he broke down the barriers under Potticino and he and he and he got better and he done well. And I know you lot are laughing, right? Don't, I'm not. I'm not letting you off the hook because you lot are laughing at it. But the reality is that is the real. Go and check. Go and check the books. Go and check the stats. You got player of the season. And it's now. <laughs> no, the point. The point I'm making is, but his time's gone now, right? 31 years old or 32 years old. He's in what well, last year of his contract. He's got to be moved on now. He's not. He's not the future of Tottenham anymore. He's done his job. Is the point I'm making. And I think it's the same with Toby. They've done their jobs. Fair play to them but it's time to move on. And that, yeah, I don't mean that disrespectfully to anybody that plays with, with our fantastic shirt on their back. I just think that it's time for them to go. It's a natural end. It's a natural yep. end for Toby. You know what I mean? Yep. Chris has come around to you. We want to do this very quick five. We've got some questions to fit in. Chris, thoughts on Toby's future and for you, Sissoko, right time to go? Sissoko, yes. Toby out of Berald. I'd like to see him stay. Um, I can see why the club would perhaps want to sell him to get some money in because, of course, he's only got the one year left on his contract. Um, but he's our best defender at the club. So we've got to keep our best best players. You know, next season, as I keep saying, this is a transition. You know, we've got to keep our best players. Nuno's going to want to go on that training pitch with the best players and, and know exactly who he's going to work with and, and, and know what players that he's going to want to bring in. Um, but it just worries me, the fact that if all these players are leaving, you know, you want to be bringing in players first before, you know, if we brought in, like Connor Cody and, and, you know, another really decent centre-back with good Premier League experience, then, of course, let Toby go out the door if he wants to go. As Lee said, if he wants to go, you know, there's no point having any Spurs player wearing that shirt if they don't want to be there. You know, we've been here so many times. You want, you know, you want to start the season 
with a lot of positivity. There's a fresh slate for the players, for the board, for the uh, for the manager. You know, go into the season fresh. You know, with everybody wanting to be there and everybody wanting to take this club forward. Because as we keep mentioning, that same old word direction. Um, it is all about going in the right direction now. And uh, you know, these trophies are overdue. You know, we need someone to, to come in. I know. I know. Some people have been negative about Nuno coming in, but he's here to steady the ship and hopefully get us going in the right direction again and, and finishing in that Champions League spot. And that's that's exactly where we need to be. Make your mind up, Chris. Is it a ship or a party bus? It's a ship. It's a, it's ship. a ship. Okay. I tell you, I think the, the the party bus is still in the garage and it might be there for two years. There's a good cut of new tyres, that one, I tell you. I have, to, uh, I have to revisit that later with that crazy train, which was a circus. Let's come around to you, Anne. Just get your thoughts on Toby very quickly. Is it the right time for Toby to depart? Because for me, I felt like a course of the last year, I felt like he has lost a yard of pace. But I think it is dependent very much on the centre-back Spurs are going to bring in yeah. to replace him. It's who, it's who comes in to either A, replace him or B, to play with him. So if he sees where we're going, if he sees that we're going to buy maybe a Connor Cody, as Mark said tonight on the show, or an Anderson from Fulham, or uh, everyone's talking about Milenkovic from, I think it's Fiorentina. Or George or Conde. Or Conde or Skriniar. I'm just throwing names out there that have been linked to Spurs. If we, if he sees that they're going in that direction, I don't think he will he will go. But if he sees that we're not progressing, he's going to want to go. And I, and I and I don't blame him. He is our best defender. But if he wants to go, let him go. And we have to start again afresh. OK, well, listen, we're going to finish up with a quick five questions. Before we do, we understand Spurs are close to their first sign of the summer. And that is on the name of Tomiyasu, a Japanese international. One to keep an eye on, I think, for the moment. It appears talks are ongoing. I think you know, <laughs> the delight of everyone here, I tell they're trying to contain themselves. Can we do an emergency pod? Can we do an emergency pod when we sign Tomiyasu, please? Yeah, I'll see if I can get us a... Uh, get get one in, mate, honestly. Uh, belong- if I can find us a Belonger expert to come on, most certainly it'll be on the <laughs> list to do, most certainly. <laughs> Lee, let's stick with you. We've got some quick five questions here. One of players that you've always been very, very fond of, Jacob at Dick Crossover L says, will Delhi Ali ever return to form myself? And is it an attitude problem or a lack of game time? Quick fire, Lee, what do you reckon? Uh, well, I think it's uh, probably a little bit of both. I think he's gone through some uh, some t- tough time on the attitude side of things. Uh, but I think he's seen Jesse Lingard, for example, knuckle down and do absolutely amazing. Um, he looks absolutely ripped to pieces in uh, some of Instagram photos, Delhi. He's worked his absolute socks off this summer. I think it's hurt him not being with the boys with England. And I think that that that's going to give him a maybe not a kick up the butt that sounds a bit juvenile but that's giving him a um, something to work towards a foundation for him to say do you know what I know that I need to do this now and that's what he's going to do and I think a new manager will help him and I think Deli Ali thrives under managers that put their arm around him and that man management yeah. piece and Jose just wasn't that and and uh, and obviously Nuno as Mark just said before on the show Nuno is that so uh, good times Yep, and let's come around to you. This your favourite subject, and Nathan Lumber says, "How many incomings and outgoings do you do you realistically think will, there will be this summer?" I think there'll be four incomings, and f- I'm praying there's five outgoings. Going to give us some names, or you're going to keep them close to your chest? Oh, you know what? I'm, I don't need to tell you, boys. You know, what? Oh, you can just tell by my face, lads, who, who I think should go. So I'm just leaving it as that. Let the listeners, uh, <laughs> let the listeners reply. Okay. Right, next question. <laughs> Let's come round to you, Chris. This is from Stuart THFC at Stu Star nineteen eighty four. It says, "If you could sign any player from the Euros, who would you realistically sign?" Sensible answers only, please. Oh, 
I'd sign that keeper, Sonner, Sommer, for Switzerland. He's decent, him. Do you know what? Uh, that's an interesting point, Anthony, because, of course, Hugo Lloris is now or just about to go in his final year of contract. So that's another area that we're going to need to look at um, replacing. Um, any realistic ones? Berardi <laughs> from Italy. I don't. I don't know, Rick. I tell you, I, I know Anthony's saying about you know four incomings. Is it realistic? You know, no. we, we, all, we, <laughs> we we all want these signings coming in, and and that's why I just keep saying about you know this real direction and and, and this such huge summer we've got ahead. But we yeah. have to. There is no. It cannot be an excuse to say, you know, we haven't signed players because of X, Y, and Z. Paratici's come in to do the job. It has to be done. I so think we will next... make signings, though, Chris. We, we made five signings to... last summer. It uh, has to signings in the mix of COVID, which we're now coming out of. Fans come back in stadium. They've already planned their revenue coming back through for, for the stadium now. The, the the concerts throughout the summer are back in the mixer. AJ's uh, boxing and all that sort of stuff. But all the stuff that you cover on on, on your show. Yeah. I, I think that we will make signs. I don't think Paratici would have come in and, and said, and Levy would have said, oh yeah, you've got zero money. I know we've got to sell to buy and, uh, and that sort of, but it's been like that for years, uh, you know, and we still signed players last season. And in actual fact, before the season, we was loving our window. Hoiberg was outstanding. Regulon was brilliant. Bale coming back was just euphoria. Um, you know, Doherty was an outstanding piece of business as well, 13 million. Now, at the time, you know, Vinicius, yeah, he can do a job. They were our signings. I, I think we can definitely sign four, four players. The, the, the problem for me is getting the other ones out. That's the problem. Yeah, and that appears always to be the problem with Tottenham. Right, we'll finish on this question then. Uh, Dustin at Devo1980 says, after a prolonged period of frustration, what are you excited for this season? Right, let's start with you, Chris. What are you excited for this season? Try not, try not be too positive, Chris, on this one. Why start with me? <laughs> the new kit. So, do you know what? I'll get, get the most negative person out of the way first. Only joking. Go on. You know, no, what I'm excited about is uh, I'm excited to see about um, the progression and the direction of the club. And I think that's the only thing to get excited about. Um, you know, I want to... I'm going to get behind Nuno Espirito Santo. I know at the very start of the show, I said that I wasn't excited about the appointment. But... But he's here to steady the ship and we're going to be playing in a brand new competition, the Europa Conference League. So why not go on to win it? Why not take this competition seriously and go and win a trophy? And get beat by a team with their manager in prison. In all seriousness, Anthony, you know, some of these teams that are playing this competition are very mediocre. You know, Spurs, you know, even if we put a reserve team out, we should be winning these games. We should be. You're 100% right, Chris. Why not? Why not take this competition seriously? Why not take a League Cup or an FA Cup seriously? It all, depends out, on, it all depends on what um, what the board are actually given as an expectation to Nuno Espirito Santo, which I believe is top four. But if we can get a trophy over the line, it would be fantastic. But, you know, we, we have to have some kind of excitement this season because I tell you what, this last 12 months, 18 months of supporting mm. Spurs, yeah. there has been so much negativity. There has been so many fans... You know, fighting with one another, bitching towards one another. Yeah, it's about, been terrible, mate. It has. You know, everyone's slagging yeah, the board off, the players off, the manager off. You know, even, you know, some fans, our opinions, you know, people don't see eye to eye. There's been so much negativity. And I just want to start the season on the 15th of August with some sort of positivity. And if we can get a result at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium on that day, 
you, you can imagine what that stadium will be like. A full stadium, a full Spurs stadium with Nuno's first game. Can you imagine the three points that day? It would be incredible. Let's come around to you, Ant, just to finish up, and then we'll come around to Lee to finish. And what are you excited for this season to come? The new kit, um, <laughs> coming on the show, Chris's show, uh, Lee's books. Um, no, listen, I, I just want to start the season fresh, positive, and, and just all, all I ask all I ask for the team, if they ever listen to this show, is just try. Just try. I don't want to be losing. I don't want to be 3 new up on aggregate and then losing to a, a, a second division Europa conference side. I don't want to be coming on this show and moaning. I don't want to moan next season. I will moan because that's being a Spurs fan. But I, I, I want the moaning to be at a real, real minimal level. Oh, wouldn't that be nice? Let's finish Lovely. with you. Let's finish with you, Lee. Lee, you are, as we've always known on the show, one of the most positive fans I've ever come across, one of the most positive members of this team. So let's end it with you. Give us some excitement about what is to come for the new season. Come on, give us our well, rousing I, I, speech I, to finish I'll off. I'll be honest with you. Like you said, you said um you said to the other two lads, you know, what are you most excited about? I'm most excited about going back into the stadium having a few beers in Beavertown, meeting with, with our friends, meeting up with you guys again, the, the other fans, singing some songs. I mean, that 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 it sounds so basic, but you saw the level against Germany the other day and the fans back in the stadium and what it can do. I, I cannot wait for that. Now, White Hart Lane, the new lane, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, you know, whatever everyone wants to uh, call it, is, is a phenomenal place. I, I want to make it a fortress. I want to make it absolutely outstanding. Um, and you know, I think for I think for us, I think what we need to do is we need to we need to just get behind the team and get behind Nuno and see and see where we go. I think that you know, I want to enjoy. It. I want to enjoy football again. You know, that the, the um, England are, and enabling us to enjoy football again, and you know, and, and Harry Kane's at the forefront of that, and he's 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 he's, he's our world of overs. He plays for our football club. He's amazing. I don't think we're that far behind. You know. You've got to look at where we've been and what we've been doing. We are on a downward trajectory. There's no doubt about that. I think a new no appointment coming, as Chris, you said earlier, stabilising or steadying the ship is fantastic. Um, and that's what we need. But I think that, you know, a top four place has to be our ambition. It doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to get there, but we have to, we have to aim for that. Um, and I want to see hungry talent. I want to see young, hungry talent in the side. I don't want to see people that have been there that are just pay, uh, that are just going through the motions because they couldn't get a move because they love our training ground so much or they love, you know, Spurs Lodge or whatever it might be, you know, or they love our stadium. They need to move on and they need, somebody needs to be ruthless with them to say, look, you're off now. And then, to, and, and I think, I think Paratici will do that. I do. I think that's going to be positive. You don't get um, Fabrizio uh, on uh, Chris Callan's uh, show saying how good Paratici is if, Paratici ain't good, right? He's he's gonna come in and do some stuff and shake some stuff up, and we just have to go with go with the flow. I, I do I do think the crazy train's gonna be back because I said it was dead, but I think it's still gonna be around for a while. But hopefully, it will turn into the party bus as we all hoped, um, and and we get something. I, I think our expectations are a little bit lower than definitely what they was when Jose was coming through the door. So that can only be a good thing, right? It's the hope that kills you. It's the hope that keeps you. It's the hope that kills you, and hopefully. We'll do some stuff next year and uh, come on you Spurs. Amen. Listen, guys, thank you so much for your opinions. We're having you on throughout the summer and, of course, ahead of next season. Let me thank my wonderful panel. Good old say a massive thank you to Mark Rhodes for coming on from the Wandering Wolf. 
excellent knowledge there, Walls. Really, really enjoyed his thoughts. He was absolutely superb. Let me once again say a massive thank you to Anthony Costa and twice in a week we've been so lucky. My God, thank I've you so much. Just, I'm seeing you and I'm seeing my missus, which is I know, which, mate. Well, it's not a bad thing, bruv. It's all good. Let's <laughs> <laughs> have listen to this. <laughs> but my missus don't listen to it. She's sweet. Okay. <laughs> now it's good wonderful. to see you, boys. It's good to see you and our positivity. Always a pleasure. The wonderful Chris Cannon back. Chris, thank you as always. Keep up the wonderful work on YouTube. Loving the content back this summer. My God, you've been a busy guy. Busy, busy thank man. You. Thank you, Rick. Yeah, I've actually got Fabrizio Romano on, on Tuesday, so do look out for that. Um, but I know we haven't spoken about England um, so much on this podcast so far, but, um, you know, what an opportunity we've got, you know, mm. to, to bring it home after 55 long years. So, you know, best of luck to Harry Kane and England on Wednesday night. Those trophies might be coming, Chris, just in another different direction. It's coming home. <laughs> oh, listen, absolutely great. Listen, if you want to follow Chris Cowling's YouTube channel, make sure you follow Chris. Wonderful, wonderful channel. And also the brilliant Lee McQueen's in the house. Lee, thank you so much. An absolute pleasure to have you back on. Loved it, Lee. Thank you so much. Cheers, boys. Always a pleasure coming back on Last One on Spurs. And uh, I look forward to many, many more shows over the summer and when the new season starts. And look, let's just get behind. Like, like Chris said, like everyone said, let's just get behind a team. Let's get some positivity. Let's go for it. That We were only five points off of a top four uh, in, 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 excuse my language, in a shit show of a season last year. You know, yeah. that, that, you know, fresh start, arms around you. Come on, smiles on their faces, haircuts all round. Get Nuno to shave his beard a little bit. I tell you, we'll be, we'll be playing outstanding football. Don't you worry about that. The wonderful Lee <laughs> McQueen. Guys, listen, as Lee says there, a massive come on Tottenham. Listen, keep safe, keep well. Signings are coming. Hopefully some outgoings are coming too to keep Andy Costa happy. As always, keep the faith. And come on, you Spurs. It's an honour for me to, to address you, Spurs fans. I'm so happy to be here. And my promise to you, we're going to make you proud. We're going to make you proud. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.